Okay, is going to lead us again in our scripture for today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Kay didn't realize that um, there were going to be so many names in there when she... <laughs> when she... <laughs> that would have worked. That would have worked. Uh, When, when we get pressed for time, each of us individually and collectively as an organization, when we get pressed for time, we discover what is most essential to us. That's true. We discover what's most important to us. What, what do we need to let fall away? What do we prioritize? Time reveals what is most important. How are you going to spend your time? What are you going to learn to prioritize and let go of. And you may discover that as you grow older. Sometimes you don't learn those lessons until you look back and say, this is what I valued and prioritized in life. But this is true. When things, uh, when life gets to be too much, when there's too much going on, we start to have to decide what's going to be most important, what we're going to let go of, or maybe what we're going to ask for help with. That's uh, what our text reveals today, is a, a really a good problem to have for the church. It starts out by saying, uh, in the book of Acts, we read that as the word of God was preached, which was simply, during that time, this good news that Jesus was God who came in the flesh, died for the sins of the world, and was resurrected, and, and has appeared to, the, to uh, the disciples, to the community of believers, and that everybody could then receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life through Jesus. This was the good news. And the disciples were committed to sharing this good news with other people. And as they did, thousands and thousands of people became Christians. And the book of Acts talks about specifically people became disciples, learning how to walk in the ways of Jesus, to know His truths, what they were, how we're supposed to live if we say that Jesus is Lord. So thousands of people are coming because of the word proclaimed, because of prayer and the emphasis on prayer, which was being united with Jesus, united with the Holy Spirit. These were essential things for the early church to do. Serving the word and prayer makes a lot of sense, right? 
But another really important component of the early church was taking care of the needy, of making sure that everybody who was within the community was cared for. And this particular example talks about the widows. Well, what was happening is the church was growing so much. It's a good problem to have, right? Church is growing so much that there's too many people, too many responsibilities. And a, a group comes to the disciples, the twelve, the original twelve. Well, one actually died, Judas, was replaced. And the other disciples come to the twelve who are still very much in charge of the early church and say, what should we do? There's already conflict. These two different groups of people who are coming into the church, well, there's conflict among them. Actually, what was happening is there's a language barrier and cultural differences between people who were Greek and people who were Hebrew. And some of the Greek widows were not being cared for because of logistical differences. So do you notice what the church did during that time? The twelve clarified what was most important for them to be doing. They said it is not right for us to worry about these things that are technical, that are practical, that just about anybody can do if they know what we're all about as a church. Our priority is to remain in a posture of prayer and to serve the Word, which is basically being reminded of what the Scriptures say and being a good steward of this message of the good news. That's what the church was all about. And so they had an opportunity to delegate out to other people. Things were getting busy. So the disciples had to clarify what is most important. So it's not right to neglect the word and prayer. And so they, it's, it's an opportunity to delegate. And they say, this is important for us. We must pray and we must read the Word because this is how we grow in wisdom. This is how we grow in courage. This is how we understand who we are as a people and what we're supposed to be doing. And by praying and servicing the Word, we grow in faith. Our willingness to step out and do the things that God is showing us that we're supposed to do. The irreducible, essential responsibilities for the disciples were prayer in the Word, to be full of the Spirit. So being full of the Spirit is a theme all throughout the Bible. We read of, of God imparting the Holy Spirit to people, from the prophets to the kings. Even in the Old Testament, we read of God's enemies, enemies of God being filled with the Holy Spirit so that they would do what God wanted them to do, to carry out God's will. Full of the Spirit is consistently what we see as a characteristic of how God uses people. Jesus was full of the Spirit in the wilderness. Peter, before the crowds in the book of Acts, was, stands up and is full of the Spirit before he uh, de- delivers this impassioned speech. Jesus tells his disciples, you will receive the Holy Spirit. Let me read this to you again. This was our what I read to you to start worship today. Jesus says to his disciples, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's the word, okay? And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth. This is the word whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and will be in you. You will be full of the spirit. But a big part of being full of the Spirit is 
paying attention to the word. Later, Jesus says, I have said these things to you while I'm still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Jesus emphasizes the importance of being filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we, we know as Christians that to be filled with the Holy Spirit is also to be one with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus. And in order to carry out the mission that God has given us, what's the mission that God has given us? Do you know? Do you know what it is? Can you think of it? In order to carry out the mission, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's no other way we can do it. We have to be reminded of what the, what the mission is, and we have to be empowered by God to fulfill it. Here's the mission. You ready? Jesus appears to his disciples, and he came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make this... These are his closing words. Okay? He's wrapping it all up, his earthly ministry here. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. (laughs) It is not just about being baptized, friends. I'm baptized, I'm good to go. No, no, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. That requires a focus on the Word. A prioritization of the Word. Even in ways like Lectio Divina. That's part of why we have that in worship. To let God's Word soak into our heart. And here's the most important thing that Jesus says. And remember, I am with you always until the end of age. I am with you always. So for the disciples, especially the the twelve disciples, there was no way that they were going to stop praying. No way! That would be insane. Why would you ever stop praying if we're going to be faithful to Jesus? And there was no way they were going to neglect the Word of God. No way. Now, did that mean that they didn't care for the widows? What do you think? Did that mean that they didn't want to do anything that came up or people being needy? Of course not. But for them, the primary essential part of being a Christian, of being God's people, was tuning in to the Spirit of God. This was the foundation of everything that we call our faith, of being a Christian, is this posture of prayer and of the Word, of attentiveness to the Word, being full of the Spirit through closeness to Jesus. You would think that this is, um, this is just a given, right? But seven years ago, I became a pastor around this very time and then slowly took on uh, seminary education. And, you know, I was just learning everything. Like, it would take me an hour to pick out hymns because I had to listen to YouTube videos of every hymn because I didn't know any of them. <laughs> You know, just, and so we moved to a whole other community and, you know, just getting to know people and just huge, huge adjustments. So this truth that I started out by saying is when you're pressed for time 
and you're overwhelmed, you start to see what's most important to you. And I thought, okay, well, prayer is going to continue to be important and attentiveness to the Word is going to continue to be important because I was blessed in a church that sent me off that really emphasized the living by the Holy Spirit because of things like small group and walk to Emmaus. And as I took steps within the church and within seminary, I thought, well, surely this will be emphasized. But what I discovered is actually quite the opposite. That what is rewarded within the church, but also within our society, is action. Doing all the things that need to be done. Taking care of every widow. Meeting every new couple. Baptizing their children being a good steward of the Sunday school program, or whatever, all action. Learning the right things in seminary. And I just thought, wow, this feels like a lot. Like, how am I supposed to navigate this? And the most shocking climax that really helped me to realize that there's there's actually a problem within the church as a whole was when my seminary professor in the missions class joked about (laughs) neglecting prayer in the Word. He said just in a passing comment, well, you know the first thing that goes when you get busy is your devotional life. And everybody laughed. (laughs) Wow. There is a problem here. How could so many people think that that was funny? And how could a professor who's teaching people to go out on God's behalf just joke about that? Without saying, now that might be what you encounter, but that is not okay. It is not right for us to neglect prayer in the Word. It is not right. So I began to realize that if I was going to prepare myself for ministry, if I was going to allow God to work in my heart, I had to resist the temptation to do everything and to be everything to all people based on what they think is important. Not just you guys. (laughs) And that's what's impossible about it is in the church, everybody comes with saying, this is what I think is most important based upon what churches you've been in in the past or what was prioritized by some other pastor from a previous generation or what you think is most important to you. But what's most important to God? Being one with Christ. That's what's most important. So I had to learn to not neglect the Word in prayer, but learn to abide in the Spirit. And that is not easy. It's a hard journey. And the most difficult thing is to learn, this is difficult for all of us, to learn how to disappoint people. To say, I can't neglect this time of being close with God in the middle of my day or in the the beginning of my day or at the end of my day. I have to tell the people that I'm closest to, I need some time for this. I can't be so busy that I neglect these things. And what we discover is being full of the Spirit, our actions flow from the wisdom of the Spirit. Wisdom is just simply right action, according to God, right action, right living, combined with compassion for ourselves and for others. So part of what was a qualification for the early church was having wisdom. But wisdom comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember what Jesus said. The one who will teach you what you're supposed to do. So almost every person that I know in an organization is struggling with 
What is most essential for us? What's most important? Does the constraints you know, really clamp down on us? Does things change dramatically in the world? Every person in our organization are asking what is most essential. Now, businesses have an easier time because they just pay attention to what sells. What do, other people, what do they want? doesn't work in the church because everybody wants something different. So businesses have it a lot easier for us. So in the church, there are so many needs, so many changes, so many demands, so many people who are needing care. How can we know what to do? It's really hard to resist this impulse to think that we should start with action. Well, let's just jump right in there and fix it. Keep it up. Fill the need. Put out a sign-up sheet. (laughs) Surely that will work and everything will get better. Well, no, there's just continual changes, continual need. And the culture teaches us that action is what's important, but the biblical witness teaches us that our first impulse must be to be full of the Spirit. So that means as a church, as a church, in our committee meetings, in our worship space, when we gather together as disciples, we take more time to be attentive to the Holy Spirit, not less time. We don't just rush through to the action. We say, what is God, what is God doing among us? What's the Holy Spirit revealing to us? How would God have us respond to the changes in this life and in our world and in church life? If you heard the thunder, I think that is God saying, right on! <laughs> I remember, um, this was a good example that I learned um, you know, we're dealing with all these challenges within our church, everything in the community. You know, anything that's been done in the past is now being re-examined of, can we even do this anymore? And to be in that space of asking those questions, it requires time to discern and make those decisions. We can't just rush through it. Like, those are really hard decisions. So recently I was reminded that when this church was built, the, there was a special meeting that the Ad Council would have that started out every other week to talk about all the decisions that needed to be made to build the church. And it became every week because it was such a big task. I mean, I can't even imagine. And those meetings started out as an hour. But then they became two hours. Every week. Every week. And in addition to that, There was a group that met every week here on this site to pray, to be full of the Spirit. And different there were different elements within that time of singing, maybe singing a hymn or reading some scripture, but the emphasis was on being filled with the Spirit. And then as all the technical tasks come about, it becomes very easy to start to neglect some of the things that are most essential. And so the challenges that we have now as a church and as individuals are not ones that we can just make tweaks here or there, technical changes. In the uh, business world and the cultural language, you'd say the challenges of our time are adaptive changes. 
There are adaptive challenges needing adaptive action, meaning we have to learn new ways. We have to understand why do people not want to come to church? Not what can we do to draw them in. We have to say, why do people not want to come to church? Maybe we discover that they don't believe something about God. Or they've been hurt by the church in the past. Or they don't see anybody actually being full of the Spirit. It takes a lot of space. It takes a tuning in to the Holy Spirit as the essential quality of our church. So being full of the Spirit is essential for knowing God's will because the possibilities are endless of what we can do. But by being full of the Spirit, we tune in to say, what is God's gift for you? Or for you? How does God want you to participate in the life of this church? What is God placing upon your heart? So individually, we can let our actions flow from the wisdom that we receive through being with God. What's God revealing to you? And this is maybe the hardest part. We have to learn to let go of things that are no longer essential. We must. The difference between churches that make it and don't close versus churches that actually learn to uh, survive and thrive is learning to let go of what's non-essential and embrace wholeheartedly what is essential. What's most essential? Being with God. Prayer and attentiveness to the Word. For each one of us, that's what's most essential. So we must learn to delegate. If you have a particular responsibility in the church, you have to say, hey, I can't do this. I'm spread too thin because I have to make sure that I'm... uh, not neglecting prayer and the word. Delegate or ask for what you want. Say what you need. This might be a revelatory comment. I'm not a mind reader. (laughs) Maybe you are. No? You? Gina, are you? No. Delegate. Ask for what you want. Say what you need. Share your ideas but they don't all have to come to me. And what I would like to ask you, if you come to me with an idea, saying, what is the Holy Spirit revealing to you during your time of prayer (laughs) as you read Scripture? What's the Holy Spirit telling you? Uh, One, I just want to encourage you with this. A couple things is that one thing that I try to encourage people to do if you're trying to understand, what is God's will for my life? You know, what should I do? There's so many needs. I've heard that before. There's so many needs. There's so many things that we could do to make a difference. Well, within the church, ask the question, what makes me feel most alive in my faith? What brings me to life? What energizes me? Because we should never do anything that we feel like, man, this is just not within my wheelhouse. This is such a drag. You know, there's going to be times like that, or maybe when it's brand new, it's some time of adjustment. But ask yourself, what makes me feel close to the Holy Spirit? How can I most powerfully let the Holy Spirit flow through me? And then do that as often as you can. 
And you're going to be the one that benefits from it. And so are we. Say no to the rest. Of course, I don't want you to say no. (laughs) But what's most important for us as a church is that we make essential what's always been essential in our faith. Being close to God. Walking in discipleship. So lastly, I want to offer an encouragement. If you're already praying as much as you can, if you're not neglecting prayer, if you're continually exposing yourself to God's Word, and you're saying, well, Chad, I'm doing all those things. I want to say thank you. And know that you are doing kingdom-building work. You are bringing in God's will into our community. And if you're already praying and reading Scripture, you need to know that even if you're stuck at home and you can't be here and can't be on committees or whatever, that God is using you powerfully. And He's not done with you. This is how God brings about His will. About His purpose. is through us being full of the Spirit, which leads to wisdom and faith is essential for us. And a life lived full of the Spirit emerges through the way that we prioritize our time and the actions we take. So I'd like to uh, have a time of silence I just would like, I invite you.